check, check. Check, check. No, check yourself, buddy. Uh, the check's in the mail. It's the Heavy Hole Podcast. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, my co-host for the evening, my sometimes bandmate. We'll clear that up. But most importantly, my friend Dave Gladding is in the building. Dave, how are you, sir? Doing great, man. Doing uh, doing very good. Just hanging out with my uh, with my new dog that I'm fostering for a little while. Uh, sorry, you were going to say something? Well, no, I was going to clear it up for the listeners. You do fill in on bass live for Ricky oh, yeah. Mora. You've you've proven yourself in that regard, um, uh, time after time on 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 the road. We only went on one tour, but you did yeah. prove yourself on the road. Uh, but man, you know, I was going to say, I was going to bring this up, but I noticed you guys are playing shows, and I don't happen to be there. What's up with this <laughs> other guy, man? Who's this, who's this other guy you got? Like, I'm I'm is it the guy that fills in for me when I'm not there? That's yeah. We you were originally supposed to be the bass player from the go. Tom was filling in for you when he wrote the bass lines and went to the studio and recorded them. Like he was just holding your spot, and you guys kind of just can work it out. You guys are gonna have to fight to the death, which is gonna All be right. it, which is interesting because you're both really nice, friendly guys. We'll just we'll, we'll uh, kill each other with kindness, as it were. <laughs> as it were, yeah. I mean, yeah. You guys would have like the best vinyl like music podcast you guys kind of like steal the heavy whole thing away from me at some point because you guys you guys are both great great (laughs) conversationalists and great to listen to shout out to tom ander um like i said you guys are gonna have to take it up with each other and fight to the death uh but you know speaking of which i was gonna wait till till the end to to plug but we do february 10th at at the old saint vitus bar there we're glad to be back there supporting horrendous and thantafaxith um in uh rare Live appearances, man. Since you since you said it, we'll let the listeners in on that. But more importantly, Dave, you got a new. Do- is this the dog that we heard uh, a week or two ago in the background? No, that, that's my that that's the dog that that uh that my family owns. Her name is Santa, mm. but uh, this is a new dog that we are fostering. Uh, got it, got it. It's uh she her name is Nala. She's fucking adorable, but she's like you could tell like she's really like pretty beat up. You know, you could tell she came from like an, an abusive background and she kind of like needed like a house with like a second dog to sort of like kind of give her some like doggy support and shit mm. like that. And like, you know, so she's super skittish, you know, like the weirdest things kind of get her like cowering off in the corner. You can see like her ribs and stuff through her fur. Like she's really had her, had a pretty rough life. So we're kind of hoping to, to get her, uh, get her healthy and, back huh. up to uh to speed being a dog and uh hopefully we'll we'll, we'll be able to pass her on to my brother actually because he he's been wanting a dog for a really long time trevor so, trevor yeah. right shout out to trevor of course uh wow there's a lot there are you doing this through some sort of agency or or a uh an organization that rehabilitates the where did you guys get started on this process here uh my wife saw a listing on facebook for like for the dog and like uh i think they were looking for like a foster and so she was like oh like we should get the dog and like foster her for a bit then we could like pass her on to to trevor and crimson and then you know like uh, this big shuffle happened and uh by the time we got her from wherever she had been previously like she wasn't eating and she wasn't sleeping and all this shit so like she really got like kind of messed up or like shell shocked or something like that. So we, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't through like an organization or something like that. It was just some random person on on Facebook to uh, to answer your question. But oh, okay, yeah, you know, she she's been doing good since she's been here. She's been eating and 
you know, playing around and wow and shit like that. So it's uh, I think she, she's doing well. And you guys took her to the vet? Uh, not yet. We're sort of um, I think either the 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 shelter that she'd come from or the the previous foster people had probably taken her there because she had all kinds of medication and stuff like that. Okay. So and okay. it's you know not not to sound like a cheapskate, but like if we don't have to you know pay that money you know right we, right or not right. to you know she she seems healthy otherwise so she's eating her food and everything right okay uh, well i'm gonna chime in right now um if anyone would like to make patreon donations specifically tagged for the purpose of supporting helping dave and his family support this foster animal um we could maybe work that out uh, Dave, if some sort of cost does arise, a medical bill or something like that, would that be, would that, that's a viable option, I think. So, yeah, so, that was certainly help. Yeah. Hold the checkbooks, uh, maybe until that occasion arises. Hopefully it doesn't, but yeah, we'll, we'll update the listeners on that. Now, now you got me engaged with this dog. I'm like all in with this dog now from what you just said. That's, that's, yeah. Hey, you gotta come hang out. She's not, um, she's kind of camera shy. She's not up here. But uh, no, you know, I'm no, sure if, yeah. you, if you swing by with like a six pack or something like that, maybe some good death metal records. Yeah. I'm sure she'd be like all up in your lap and everything. Yeah. We don't have the release forms to have dogs on the uh, podcast yet, but yeah, we're, 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 we're working on that. Wow, man. Interesting. Um, well, salute to you and your family for supporting this dog in its time of need. Um, yeah. I, wow. I had, I had a bad week, dude. I had uh, my dog unfortunately passed away. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, thank you. Thank you. But uh, 17 years. All right. It's a good run. 17 years. Yeah, yeah. Literally, he had a couple of good runs. Um, good boy, Cloudy. Rest in peace to that man of a dog. Um, slugged Great. it out till the end. Last one for him. Yes. Cheers to him. I don't, I'm going to, I have a flashlight, Dave. I don't have anything to drink right now. I don't know why I did that, but cheers. Um, uh, flashlight always use the when you're walking your dog at night if you don't have a reflective coating on an article of clothing you're wearing use a flashlight it works as like your own personal headlight that's my dog walking tip of the day don't walk your dog at night if you don't have to though but we all work we work long hours don't we dave yeah um we got yeah we got a little sidetracked on the how was your weekend but that was important um support your local animal shelters and your local nonprofits and volunteer uh, situations that help out the old animals there. I'm sure there's a lot going on. Uh, we hear about all these disasters around the world. And of course the, um, the human, the human element is of course very important to, to keep in mind, but, uh, very often a lot of these animals are displaced by things we hear about, weather disasters and things, man. So that's, I, that, that's, that's, and of course just, just good old plain, uh, human, uh, abuse and neglect, unfortunately too, like you're saying your dog may have experienced. So that, that's, that's interesting, man. Um, uh, we were talking about um, working uh, long, hard hours uh, at the lab, um, sometimes without even a drink or a cup of coffee because you got to get the work done. Somebody who knows all about working long, hard hours in the lab by himself, a prolific multi-instrumentalist responsible for many projects that we're going to get into here, and some we may not even have time. I'm talking about Gary Brents. Let's get him on.
Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with Gary Brents, a multi-instrumentalist and producer uh, who works out of his GAB Gab Recording Studios, and uh, you may know him from many different projects. We're going to get into that and then kind of have him take it away um, from there. Gary, thank you very much for your time, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you, Will. Uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on here. Uh, of course, man, and I got to say, uh, we got to shout out a listener who on Instagram goes by the hands, handle uh, DH Armed Forces on IG, uh, is a fan of your music oh, yeah. and kind of brought you to okay. my attention. Um, so I Awesome. Know, yeah, yeah, I know him. I chat with him every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, he, he kind of brought your music to my attention and, and said, hey, man, why don't you check this guy out? I think he'd make a good guest. And here we are. So I always have to shout that out. We're trying to pay more attention to listener requests in 2023. Cool. Um, but, nice. but but enough about him. Uh, no, shout to him. I'm joking. But, but Gary, <laughs> no. I, I got you on the line now. Uh, like I said, I want to know a little bit more about your background before we get break down this wealth of prolific projects that um, people might know you yeah. from. Um, starting off, I know you're originally from California. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, musicians in your family or anyone that may have steered you towards hard rock or heavy metal growing up? Um, I would say it, it was kind of a mixture of things. I guess in my family... Um, uh, there's a lot, a lot of uh, elder relatives who who knew uh, piano, and then uh, my grandfather, um, uh, uh, back before, like in his youth, he uh, played violin. I believe his father did as well, and he inherited it from him. Uh, although I never learned violin, I wish I did, but you know, I, I guess in some way that uh, um, kind of translated to me learning guitar or jumping into guitar rather. Um, but other than other than that, really, um, it's kind of a combination more of like friends, friends who got into learning instruments and then, you know, hard rock and metal and punk um, um, who got me into that music, uh, you know, listening to it and writing it. OK. And what uh, what what was your first instrument that you played? Um, so I guess technically it was piano at a, at a very young age. Um, I think I was in second second grade um so i played it for a few years um i wouldn't say i'm proficient at it it's more of just like a kind of in in, in really in in my 20s and, and now 30s it's more of a, a producer's tool you know like i can play it you know to, to to add to songs but it's not like my strength uh but i would say that's the first instrument i did learn okay and did you do you have any formal uh music lessons along the way in school or privately or anything like that yeah um I, with, with piano i did take um some formal lessons for for a couple years um and then um a, a few years after that when i was uh, i think i was 13 um i did take one year of bass guitar lessons and that really like drove me you know, completely more into rock and metal. Um, I only did that for one year and then just kind of the years after that, just more of self-teaching um, uh, more stuff along the way that I could find, you know, on the internet and stuff. Okay. So we got a little background about music and yeah. something that we're going to talk about later that goes hand in hand with a lot of your projects um, like many people of, of your generation, you and I are probably, uh, you know, within a few years of each other's age, uh, I, vi yeah. video games and role-playing games, I imagine played a large part of your imagination, yes. uh, growing Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that, that 
is essentially the uh, uh, what's the word the genesis of of like my creativity and imagination. Um, and I can credit my uh, like older cousins um, getting me into that. They were heavily into like tabletop RPGs, um, and they were they they're like seven to a range of seven to nine years older than me. Uh, so I was like six years old, and they're you know um, in their early teens. Um, uh, getting me into tabletop RPGs. And, you know, I'm just like, what is this? And it just opened up my imagination. Um, and and I, they're in California. And then I, I moved to Texas like a, a couple of years later. But I, every time that I go back and travel and visit them, we'd always play like RPGs and, and you know, a lot of video games and stuff. Um, so that's kind of always been with me. It's like a, a motivator for creativity. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that, you know, I feel like there's something about that, that those subcultures or communities, whatever you want to call it, that go hand in hand with underground metal. Yeah. (laughs) It's, I guess, you know, the, the, um, I guess a mixture of like, I guess, you know, the nerd factor of like sci-fi stuff, uh, fantasy stuff, horror stuff, or, or any of those three things combined in, in various ways, um, you know, whether it's really gory or, 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 you know, just really dark and, and subdued kind of creepy stuff, um, or, or, you know, and not the high fantasy stuff, you know, it's just like a, it has everything that, that you can tap, uh, imagine your imagination from. Yes. Now, let, like, let me ask you, um, you know, everyone always says D and D, but what what specifically were those mm-hmm. cousins playing? Like, I'll I'll give I have a it's not s- totally parallel, but I had um, an older cousin who was probably yeah. about four or five years older than me. So I would probably be about like 10, 11 years old. And he was in his early teens playing at that point. It was advanced dungeons and dragons, second edition. Ooh, and he okay. was, and he was into the forgotten realms. Um, yeah. Universe, uh, you know, set of books and, and creatures and stories. So that's, I wanted to get into specifics with you oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, appreciative of you asking because, um, not a whole lot of people have asked me uh, specifics about that. So it started with um, uh, this tabletop called Macross. Well, essentially Robotech, uh, which is kind of the Americanized version of the um, the, the anime Macross. But the, the tabletop version, it you know, it essentially played like D and I knew of D and D from those cousins, but we started with um, with Robotech. So it's just like a lot of mechs and um, you can, you know, create a character and you roll, you know, your dice for all your um, character attributes, um, uh, skills like cooking, fishing, hunting, uh, uh, reconnaissance, you know, pick locking or lock picking rather um, all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, man, this is insanely cool. And it kind of, you know, I'd always have the uh, the thrill of creating a new character and then, you know, advancing that character and upgrading the character's um, uh, max and and vehicles and things like that. So that really uh, kick started it all. Well, yeah, I'm I'm looking it up now, and I do remember. Um, it was Palladium was the company yes. I believe that they and they were responsible. Like for people who who kind of you know only really know D and D, like you know you know as like an RPG game, like Palladium right. published a lot of those other games that maybe people don't know yeah. so much about. I always, as a kid, wanted to get into Robotech, but the thing yeah, was, my yeah. my cousin who was into D A D and D will say to be appropriate at that point. A few years yeah. after that, you know, he kind of gravitated towards other things and. 
then I was left to, to my early teens with not no one yeah. who was into that, but plenty of people who were into metal. So that's kind of like okay. I, I seg. Yeah. I, I've always had a love and appreciation for for RPGs and that sort of thing. But you know, it was just more prevalent and more people in my life to that that were into the underground metal thing at that point. But Robotech was always like something that looked like it was the coolest fucking thing to play. It was Man, just maybe a little more so complicated. Cool. It was complicated. It's funny because because when I when we did uh, kind of shift over to D and I mean, we loved it. But we were like, "Whoa, okay, this this," or at least the version that we were playing of D and D, it didn't have as much as Robotex. We were like, "Okay, it's cool, it's cool." But man, we're like so used to like getting into these like nitty gritty um, uh, things and like different tiers of stuff in in Robotech. Um, so yeah, it, it is complex. And I would you know if anyone out there you know, this kind of, this perks their interests uh, into it. I would, you know, try to learn it with, obviously learn it with a group of people. I mean, it, it might be hard to find someone who already knows, how, you know, who has experience with it, but if you're getting into it, you know, definitely do it with, you know, two or three or maybe four other people. It's a, uh, it's a pretty cool game. Yeah, man. There's there, that's the thing. There's so many other tabletop RPGs, especially even from back yeah. in the day that were kind of, uh, in that space, you know, besides Dungeons right. and Dragons, man, there were there were a lot of cool. Now you, so many. Now you're taking me back. I used to read like the Dragon magazine, <laughs> and they would have the the ads for all these different ones, man. But I never I never got to try those. So so moving forward, then when you eventually, so you yeah. moved to Texas as a kid, as a teenager, I guess. Uh, I, I guess I, I was like, um, gosh, when was it? Um, Let's see, it was ninety six. I, I was nine. I was nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So so. Yeah. I guess you could say maybe you kind of like discover uh, more independent music, heavy music. I don't know if it was underground punk, underground metal, or what it was for you, but that that safely you could say happened in Texas. I would say that's when it really started. Um, in, in California, I knew of like the big names that that like my friends were into. Um, so so I guess to to kind of put the timetable this is like the early mid nineties ish. Um, yeah, I'm a little kid. But, you know, obviously whatever was on MTV, you know, Metallica's Black Album is a few years old by that point. So I only knew that. Um, I knew Nine Inch Nails, uh, Korn. That was that was probably my first favorite band. Uh, but I didn't own their CDs until I got to Texas. My, <laughs> my parents were like, no, you shouldn't have those CDs yet. Uh, but but anyway, yeah, so that kind of those bands. Um, um, and then like a little bit of like Motley Crue and Iron Maiden from my dad because he listened uh, to more of like the 80s classic rock and, and uh, traditional heavy metal stuff. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah, it, it was really when I got to Texas, when I started uh, digging on my own. Did you live in an area where it was easy to see more underground independent bands play uh, when they were coming around on tour? Were there record stores where you were, for, where you were living there? Yeah. Um, I would say more the latter. Um because I, I think, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't get to see live shows until I was like, I want to say I was 15, almost 16. Um, like I had already been getting a bunch, you know, getting into a bunch of music. But I didn't get to see it live until, until, you know, years later. But yeah, there were tons of record stores all around, um, uh, like here, here in the Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, Texas area. Um, like, uh, what, no, what was that store? Um uh, virgin record store that used to you know used to exist they had a ton of yeah. stuff um best buy you know they, they at least the one by me they carried some decent stuff um 
like stuff that I would look at and I didn't know what it was. Like I would see like bolt thrower and like, what is this? Huh. And, you know, it was just like a, bl- a blind purchase uh, at the time. Um, and then um, of course, CD warehouse. I know some of them still exist, but the ones that we had were really cool. Like they had dedicated metal sections and that, that was an eye opener. Cause you know, back then before um, mainstream internet usage and like smartphones, like you're just at the store, you're browsing and you're like, what is this cool art? I'm going to, you know, check it out, you know, buy it. And then if I like it, you know, that, you know, goes from there and you're a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, it's funny because we had all those places here in New York. Um, okay. C- yeah. C- we had, we had a CD warehouse. I'm, I don't know if it was a national chain or if it was just a same name of the place. Yeah. And also we had tower records. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. By me I don't too. think we had tower over here, but I know they yeah. did have it in California. Uh, like whenever I'd go fa- back and visit, uh, my cousin showed me that store, and I was I was pretty amazed by their selection. Yeah, that was the big thing uh, in in my town. If you were kind of getting into, into like the Relapse Records catalog and the occasional nice, yeah. imported black metal thing, you know, if you could find it or whatever, man. So, Hell yeah. uh, so so getting into metal in Texas, did you have did you fall in with local people that were into this type of music, or did it take you a while? Because like you're you're an artist who mainly you're very prolific, but a lot of that is done on your own and with a few True. key other people. Yeah. So like, did you did you always work by yourself? Is that by design or is that more by necessity? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so it's it's kind of gone through waves of almost all of the above. Um, I'd say early, early on, it was just me and friends jamming. Uh, so you know, yeah, like friends getting into stuff, they'd show me stuff, and then I'd dig on my own accord. You know, look at metal magazines. You know, like I said, go to go to CD stores, get stuff, uh, buy stuff, and then uh, show them. So it was kind of a, a group effort in the beginning. So like my early teen years. And then kind of, I guess when I got to like college age and, and really ever since then, it's just all been about like the, um, the hunt of the, like the chase of production. Like, can I do this stuff on my own without anyone else or with, with a little bit of outside uh, contribution? Um, and yeah, so it's really just been kind of a, a journey leading up to working on my own for, for the most part, for the most part. Okay, man. Yeah, because uh, you, you know, obviously you've produced a lot of outside artists and and different yeah. bands and and recorded for them. But it seems like your creative output you've you've made this whole world for yourself, man. And we'll get into that some of that lore maybe in a little while. But I want to talk about um, early on when you start recording other bands, when you start taking on the role of en- audio engineer and producer for other people. Is that around mm-hmm. like 2011, 2012? Yeah, I, um, I would say probably about, I think the first thing I recorded of someone else was like 2009, but I, I didn't really have a footing on it yet. It was more of like dipping my toes. So really 2011 was like kind of the serious uh, start of it. Yeah. Because I noticed around that time you recorded um, a number of notable grindcore bands some of our listeners might be familiar with. I wanted to ask you, (laughs) well, first of all, I got to ask you about any recollections of working with Phobia. Yeah. Um, So so during that time, um, uh, my friend Dorian Rainwater, uh, who who played, or I think he still plays, in Noisier, um, he was staying with me for... uh, a short kind of kind of temporary amount of time and 
obviously he had huge connects with with other grindcore guys you know uh shane from phobia and then um uh obviously his drummer brian fajardo um and, and a lot of guys uh dave from plf like honestly dorian living with me like i was into <laughs> grind but i wasn't in the scene you know I, I i always wanted to record like grind bands and he like really opened that door he's like hey man my gary or my friend gary's uh you know getting into recording let's let him record us and so with the phobia thing it was um it was just a song for a split i can't remember what split it was right now um it might have been with god i can't remember suffering mind maybe it was one song just the phobia side of the split but that was cool uh shane came over and, and recorded um uh vocals and then uh, uh uh i think on that specific song it's brian fajardo on drums and then dorian on guitar and and uh bass it was a cool cool time for sure okay yeah because well i guess that's kind of like you're, you you told the story of how you got hooked up then with the grindcore scene a little bit because you also recorded yeah uh, like is it like the noisier people's uh, liberation? Is that PLF is People's Liberation Front or Pretty Little Flowers? What does that what does that stand for? I I you know I I've actually never asked Dave myself, but I think uh, like I think it's Pretty Little Flower, but I feel like he has multiple <laughs> multiple I've... names for it. Yeah, you know, I've, maybe I, I've heard people. I've, I've, I've heard I've heard things. I've heard things. But yeah, I um, have too. I've never asked them. That's funny. And you also recorded Kill the Client in 2012. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. That was a super fun session. Very intense. Um, yeah. Excellent musicians. <laughs> extremely tight. Um, probably one of my favorite recording uh, sessions because uh, the guys were just in and out. Like, I'm just I'm just like hit record. I'm hearing them blast away and and then, you know, done. And that, you know, they just one one take wonders, as I'd call it. Yeah, I um, I mean, going back a little bit further, around two thousand, I want to say six, two thousand five, maybe. My old band mm. Biolich, Bio we did uh, like we just did a little run of like three shows, did like a weekend with them, and we were just blown oh, away, yeah. blown okay. away by those guys. Dude, that's all. I didn't know you were in Biolich. That's that's badass. I remember you guys on MySpace. That's how I found you guys. <laughs> that's what I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I was you. Oh man, I was huge into myspace like finding bands because the search function on there wasn't was well at least compared to today it was at least in my opinion comprehensive because you could search like the subgenres that they had on there i know they had grindcore on there so i would just find anything in death metal or grindcore on myspace and i think that's how i came across you guys that's badass that's funny man i yeah i appreciate i was the singer man um uh, oh hell yeah okay yeah <laughs> that was one of my first badass. one of my first bands back in the day um yeah i the, the myspace thing man there was there, people don't realize it was very easy to just kind of it was kind of like having a band's band camp stream like yes. right there on their on their facebook or something you know what i mean like it was exactly a little... it was all in one yeah, yeah. yep uh man we're gonna start reminiscing that that because that, that was the era too it was like i call it the post dillinger yeah. escape plan era where like there was all these right. spastic grindy metal emo yeah, type of super like techie yeah yeah mm -hmm. number 12 looks like That's you funny oh man yeah yeah i remember getting into them or uh, they all that whole era uh i was like super into anything techie anything weird disjointed um you know just just non-typical song structures like i just needed it i needed to listen to that all the time okay well let's 
Let's let's veer slightly off course, but I, this kind of reminds me of something yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about in that in that case. Sure. I know from other. I got to shout out quickly other interviews because I do my research, and I know you were on the MetalWanderlust.com, uh, NOOBHeavy.com, and NoCleanSinging.com, who are or, uh, great um, friend, friends of the show, I'll say, and friends of my projects, NoCleanSinging.com. So I know from awesome. that stuff, I always want to credit my research if, I, if I'm dropping little facts and, and questions here. I know you yeah. mentioned the Appleseed cast as a band you're a fan of. Oh, man, yeah. Um, I, I would say, yeah, probably, probably my favorite like non-metal band like ever, I would say, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm a really big fan of them. And I'm definitely not a huge uh, fan of like their, I guess you'd say their neighborhood of music. They get lumped in with right. that, that early, you know, not early, not, not mold, not hot topic emo, but like real 90s right. emo. The 90s emo sound. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, I, I used to be like super into that sound. But it's funny, I got into that sound after getting into like metal and grind and stuff. I was just like, i've always been like someone who's just branching out and like digging into genre or subgenres. um so i think they were like the first band i got into of that mold and they've just always stuck with me i think ever since then i i really haven't latched onto other bands in that sound as much n- not nearly as much as them well they're obviously i haven't done all my homework with that scene but they're the only band i know from that that they get lumped in with that is so yeah improvisational and noisy yeah and yeah they and get wild. real jammy and i love it yeah oh, yeah awesome band i just wanted to ask you about about that cuz i saw you bring that up and it's it makes sense cuz i feel like that's also maybe um maybe a good starting point because for the listeners that aren't familiar with your projects Mm-hmm. Um, they're hard to describe. They don't necessarily fit in with a whole bunch of other bands. Like, you know, like when we, when we interview certain bands, we could say, Hey, you guys are part of this wave, part of this movement. You were part of this whole group. You're doing something right. a, a little different and you have side projects that like, that like build off of that something different. So I want to start yeah. historically. I know that you start out with a project, that's that that was originally called semen across lips we'll say it yeah um and yeah. that becomes <laughs> parab parabstruse in 2007 so i imagine 2007 you're a young guy that's going back pretty far for you yeah yeah i was uh yeah pretty much uh 20 years old at that point yeah so at this point is the is the is that the only project that just start with that let me see if i could throw a few sounds together make something a little eclectic and you didn't realize at that point it was going to branch into all this this little world of your own yeah i honestly it was kind of um i guess uh because because it was kind of yeah during that height of myspace era and and i was like trying to learn production and recording on my own i i didn't have all obviously all the knowledge and, and the tools and the gear yet but i had the um the i guess the will to do it and the uh you know the the creativity to just try stuff so i think it was like that that launch of, ex- of experimentation like i just didn't know exactly what i wanted to do so i just did try to do all kinds of stuff um i to be honest back then i didn't really have the uh what's the word foresight that it would lead to uh all the projects to to, you know to where i am today in the the past few years (laughs) yeah and well you so to speak to that that project parabstruse records Mm -hmm. uh, a few releases but is kind of um would you say that that turned into what's the correct pronunciation of uh c-a-r-a-n-e-i-r 
Um, I to, to be honest, I have it to where it's kind of open to interpretation. It can be either Karanair or Karanair. Uh, and, and we've always gone by either or. Like, it's pretty interchangeable. Okay, so is that does that kind of grow out of maybe trying to trying to do something a little bit more focused from from your ideas that you developed with Parabstruce? Because it seems like that takes off at the same time. Yes, yeah, I would definitely say it did. Because um, during the end, uh, or at least looking back now, during the end of Parabstruce, or, or at least in my mind, when I was like, you know, I, I don't know about this anymore. Uh, I was like, I want to start something totally new, but have someone else uh, uh, be at the helm of. Um, most of the vocals and most of the lyrics uh and that, that's my buddy chris uh because we both we we both it's funny we both met on myspace he lit he at the time he lived in the next town over and i found him because uh i can't I, to be honest i can't remember how i found him but i knew that he was into grind and death metal um and we, we, we were just both like into into like super techie stuff although we both couldn't really play that stuff but we were super into it so that we've always been friends and i was like you know i'm gonna ask him if he wanted to make a project and and that's how that uh how carnair started okay carnair and that is a prolific project you guys have been yeah. uh recording since 2009 you just put out phantasmal your most recent mm -hmm. full length in 2022 um like i said this is uh i'm looking now what is this your sixth seventh full length oh uh, yeah gosh um kind of kind of uh lost um, count one two of three four, I think four five seven. six seven maybe i think it's the eighth actually uh, actually but... no it is you're right it is the eighth yeah okay i'm just i just and there's <laughs> yeah. there's there's eps and splits uh, along yeah. the way as well there's a lot you a lot actually of, that, stuff <laughs> this might be a good time to mention for listeners if they go to mm -hmm. l-i-l-a-n-g-i-s-l-a dot bandcamp dot com mm -hmm. this is all curated there for the most part right Yes, sir. Yeah, that's pretty much, I would say, at, at least 100% of Carnair's material. And I would say 99% of anything I've ever done, like om almost everything. Okay, now I want to maybe just to give the listeners a tip of the iceberg for what I was describing before with this complex lore you've developed. This While we're talking about Carnair and, and your latest uh, album, Phantasmal, on Bandcamp, could you explain, mm -hmm. I did a little bit of reading. I know yeah. there was a process through which you had listeners actually participate and develop some of the characters in the story that the album is based on somehow. Maybe if you want to describe that uh, and clarify that for me and the listeners. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so on that album, Phantasmal, um, we kind of uh, consider that as like a sequel album from uh, two albums before it phase out. So it's a sequel to that one in, in particular. And it's all in this like kind of retro video game uh, universe or like alternate dimension um, that this like bad guy uh, alien uh, kind of warped us into. But on that, so that's on phase out. But on Phantasmal, we're kind of warped again into like a much darker uh, video game universe it's more more in line more in line with like retro survival horror so like almost if like um like resident evil were on game boy or game or game boy color um now the characters um obviously it's like fictionalized versions of me and the vocalist chris and then but the other characters there they were um 
mostly made by fans. Yeah, we, we let fans uh, kind of um, uh, design or, or, or at least come up with like a, a little bio of characters or like descriptions, skills or abilities. And if they were like good, evil, uh, or like, uh, I guess like chaotic neutral, you know, kind of that D&D type, type deal. Um, so yeah, I think we had, I think it's five characters created um, so once we had those created, uh, I sent all of those to Chris and he wrote the lyrics and like, you know, kind of further backstory of his own interpretation of uh, the fan creations into the album. Okay. Could you now let me ask you this. Could you see expanding yeah. this onto some sort of larger platform where you're combining like role-playing games and, and write and releasing music on on the internet yeah um i think it would be pretty cool uh we've sort of kicked around that idea we we, we have an old friend of ours um they're super into uh tabletop rpgs and um uh well i guess t- tabletop rpgs that are played online now like i think there's a lot on um uh what do you call it steam and um uh the, the website itch itch.io or itch.io itch.io where there's lots of custom RPGs, and we've we've sort of kicked the idea around that we you know might collaborate with them to make a make a game mm-hmm. tied tied into this album or tied into these albums, uh, but we we don't know for sure when if that's going to happen, but it would be cool. Okay, that's something I haven't followed, but it would make total sense. Has Steam, yeah, and other platforms like that have have that kind of like revitalized the tabletop gaming market now um, like like bringing that into the the online yeah. market from what i've seen yes uh i personally haven't dabbled um myself i've, I've only really looked at it like kind of just browse like oh you can just like play these online like you know like over webcam and stuff with people uh, which is kind of cool it's, you know that's that's as close as you can get you know say you've got a buddy or, or relative you know old that older cousin and you, you know you're not living close to them but can just play some some random uh tabletop online um it, it seems like that's kind of where it's been heading um yeah at least from what i've seen yeah well it makes total sense in the same way that a lot of musicians are collaborating on the internet nowadays yeah um that's true yeah you know your story was that you moved away so that you you know you didn't really see those cousins that were gamers as much um right. and i was in a position when i was a kid where my my older cousin got out of that sort of thing and there was no one else around that was into it nowadays a kid in either of those cases yeah. could just go on steam and probably uh yeah. you know figure something <laughs> out man it's you know it's it's just right. interesting i never th- I, i'm a little bit be, um behind the time so i never thought of it from that angle um it's interesting yeah i mean it's like it's almost like you're just like jamming you know with someone yeah. uh uh online <laughs> yeah eventually you guys get a good you know it's a whether it's a band of musicians or a band of uh traveling warriors it's a band right. you know what i mean um <laughs> yeah absolutely well on on that note you mentioned your album phase out um mm-hmm. by by Karenier, um and that album it it also didn't that also spawn one of your other projects? Did that spawn Gone Mage? Yes, sir. It did. Uh, okay. I, I essentially created that project uh, so, solely based on that album, but as its own like a separate alternate universe, still still video game related, but just as in, in its own storyline. Got it. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to follow along here. I got some notes. So so 
Karenir is its own band with multiple albums, mm. EPs, that sort of thing. What was mm. it? This album Phase Out, it almost reminds me of like um in comic books, they had like civil in like Marvel comics in the timelines, they yeah. had like the Secret Wars, or in DC yeah. comics, they had Crisis on Infinite Earths, and it shook everything up. Like, was Phase right. Out in some way like that for your musical output, and it created these side projects? It's funny that you asked that. Uh, so in the beginning, I didn't really view it like that. Um, or I, I didn't, I, I didn't foresee it. Um, because really me and me and Chris, like Chris really hammered out the lore for phase out. Um, um, and, and kind of, you know, he, he solidified it. And I kind of was inspired by that to, uh, after the release to create my own, you know, a spinoff essentially of it with a, like an, another fictionalized version of a, of a character of myself and, you know, other, other characters as well. But, you know, no, I didn't, I didn't see it coming from the beginning and it was kind of just a development because I was just like seeing people's feedback to the album and they're like, dude, this should be like more than it is. And I, you know, I kept reading people's <laughs> responses on it, you know, good and bad. And I was like, you know, I need to expand upon this um, in, in another way, in a you know more expansive direction. Okay, and you know, shout shout to the few people who've given me feedback on my lyrics and my bands. And there's people who have different opinions about lyrics and death metal bands and stuff like that. But yeah. it, it seems like with what you're doing, you're tapping into a different part of the scene. It seems like the people that follow you are as invested in this lore the same way people might be invested in like writing fan fiction for a fandom or something like yeah. that. Like this is, uh, you yeah. know what I mean? This, this kind of goes beyond like, just, uh, you know, I really like, I really like the way this band writes about true crime or the way this death metal band writes about, <laughs> right. you know, you know what I mean? Like you, you really, you're really yeah. de developing your own, the same way, uh, like a, a cartoonist or somebody would, you're creating your own lore with, with, I mean, that's obviously intentional. Yes, I would say absolutely, uh, absolutely intentional. Yeah, it's sort of a, it's the long game. Like it's going to keep on, keep on doing its thing and sprawling and, 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 and who knows? Cause I, I don't know exactly where it's going to go. I'm a very, um, uh, what's that word? Like kind of go with the flow kind of guy. I mean, I, I do have, you know, things sort of planned ahead, but not to the nitty gritty detail. I sort of just let things come to me and, you know, who knows uh, a year or two years from now, like where, where things will be. Uh, and the lore and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So now, t getting off the lore for one second with Gone Mage because yeah. it's something that's hard to describe for people. Um, mm. It's not what it's not, in my opinion, is uh, like these rock bands that get together now and play a rock version of classic video game music. It's also mm. not music that's done in the style of 8-bit video game music. It seems like right. you're kind of just taking, like, I know you've referred to the genre chiptune in some interviews, but mm. you're, you're kind of like taking that as maybe a bass and adding other things. Correct. Yeah, def definitely a bass. Like, I, I would say it's definitely not pure chiptune because pure chiptune does not have any um, uh, rock, you know, guitar, bait. like I, I actually record the guitar and bass and and you know and then of course it doesn't have harsh vocals so it's definitely yeah kind of it's it's one ingredient i would say yeah yeah it's very video game oriented even in the the imagery i mean p people can check this stuff out on your band camp so it's obviously kind yeah. of niche so do you do you find that you get a little bit of a crossover with 
um, gamers uh, who maybe wouldn't normally be following this type of like techie, progressive, crazy music, but because there's a video game element, do you have a little bit of a spillover with that with with that scene with the video game scene? Yeah, you know that that's um, that's actually been kind of a, a portion of the fans. Yeah, for for Gone Mage, especially in the past uh, past year and a half, where I'll I'll get emails or, or comments or what have you um, of people who are like, you know, I'm not really into like metal and punk that much but since you you know you have this like video game thing going i sort of drew them in and you know obviously people who aren't into that stuff harsh vocals are going to be a barrier but you know i somehow that you know they they kind of look past it or or learn to appreciate it uh, which is cool because you know I, I know that can be a barrier for a lot of people who aren't used to that kind of stuff yeah um it's it's really interesting i mean from my from my perspective it's 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 really different and just for the listeners if they want uh go on mage obviously you have your 2022 release handheld demise um mm. there was one that the i gotta say though um i think it was the master of disgust ep oh that yes, yeah <laughs> that's that, well that's particularly accessible to people that are coming from the brutal death metal world i think right yeah that's funny yeah so that it's yeah that you're you're hitting the nail on the head there that's that one was specifically created to be on just like the brutal side almost noisy side but still having the uh the cartoonishness of the video games and it's sort of like a almost a contradiction because like you know brutal death metal and like that kind of stuff we're just like fast and heavy all the time is not really meant to go with uh funny sounding sounds uh but you know in my head i was like i'm gonna make this happen you know <laughs> we'll see what it what comes out um and it, you know it's a it's a pretty crazy outcome i think for some reason it works and i'm yeah I'm, thanks <laughs> I, I will of course and for the list the listeners who listen to the show a lot know that i often don't like combining anything fun with my metal but this is something different altogether man yeah. um this is something yeah. different different <laughs> and now speaking of metal you have where does um i know this project has released its its last release according to you if i'm if i'm correct but uh sallow s-a-l-l-o-w moth for the listeners sallow moth where Mm -hmm. does that fit Mm -hmm. in is is the lore and the lyrics related to these other projects in some way um so it is not but it is it's essentially its own um uh self-contained lore but with, with that in mind it's it's all heavily inspired um, by uh, Magic the Gathering, the card game. It, essentially, the whole project is like my own fan fiction of Magic the Gathering. Like I've created my own things that don't exist in Magic the Gathering, but they, they could have. Like a lot of the songs are named after like card spells or, or variations of card spells, but it's huh. like my own uh, take on it. Wow. Okay, man. Um and that that's another game you've obviously invested time playing over the years yeah 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 heavily heavily invested for sure yeah have you ever participated in like tournaments for any of these things yes absolutely um yes yeah especially for magic um i was into it like really competitively um not not nationwide competitive like not a pro player like i i at a time i aspired uh to be a pro magic player um but really it was just like about playing like the big tournaments that would come to Dallas. Like every time there was a big one, um, like even like pro players would come here 
uh, I would try to play in those. Um, I've never won one of those like big, big ones, but I've won a few like local tournaments. Um, huh. and it, it's a pretty, pretty fun game competitively. Yeah. Again, that's a game I had a little bit of experience with probably when it first came out and, you know, over the okay. years, um, yeah, it's well, changed a lot. It's been around a while. I know. Yeah, dude. I mean, I sometimes I walk into <laughs> a, a comic book store. There's like a local store here that sells a lot of RPG stuff. And every once in a while, I'll see that there's nice. so many different, uh, you know, different. I, I don't know what you call them, different worlds and different settings yeah. that they, they have. Yep. And it's it's pretty all, amazing. All man. the time. It's crazy. They And they just keep they, they keep pumping them out. It's uh, they have a, a almost infinite well of uh creation i guess for for that game yeah yeah well i mean it's kind of there's a parallel there to what you've been doing uh the last several years with with some of your your albums and your band and i and if we're going to talk about salomoth i want to drop again there's a lot for listeners who don't know all your music there's a lot to get into where do i start so i drop little hints just just like i said about that that um gone mage album another one uh, if people want to get into a, a Salomoth album, for someone who's a real death metal head, I got to talk about Stasis Cocoon, yeah, which, sure, which is yeah. the second to last album by Salomoth, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I Would I be correct after listening to that inf- to infer that your favorite Dismember album might be Indecent and Obscene? Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah. Mine too. Uh, I, I would mine say... Too. Like an ever flowing stream is my very very close second, very very close second. Uh, but indecent obscene is uh, definitely my favorite. Okay, we'll we'll leave it there because I I got the homage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the homage the, here, yeah. here and there, man. No, it's because I feel the exact same way, man. That album is on a high um uh pedestal for me, man. Indecent obscene, and I I kind of heard heard I heard little nods to it here and there, and it's a really killer death metal album. Now now again talking about this, the Salomoth album. Um, yes. and it's, it's a band where, you know, you, throughout all of your projects, you kind of shift gears to different sounds and different moods throughout the, the albums. Um, why, well, let me ask you this of, of all the different projects you had, why the decision to discontinue Salomoth? What about that project? Oh. Did you feel was ready to, to be completed? Um, man, I guess it was kind of a combination of things. Um, I, I guess the main thing was, I felt that the lore was was kind of complete. Not well, okay. I I, I should say complete in the sense of uh, I I didn't want to force anything else. Like I felt like I was creatively done with the project, and I didn't want to um, uh, force myself to like go into a space of writing. You know what what could have been like the next full length for it or whatever. So I was like, you know what? I think if this is at a high point, I want to leave it as it is, uh, you know, uh, intact of where, where I left off and leave the listeners uh, open to interpretation of where it could have gone. Uh, I know that's a bit of a, a cliffhanger, uh, but I guess that, that that's kind of where I saw its end create, uh, creatively. Um, now, with that said, uh, obviously, um, uh, I'm not done with death metal. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll always shift gears and, and come back to it in some, some fashion. Um, but yeah, I think I was just creatively done with it. Okay. And when you say writing, um, you know, bands have different approaches to putting the lyrics on their album, but I, mm-hmm. it, I picture with you, the right, the writing of the, the, the actual writing of the lyrics taking, 
maybe a little bit more of the process than certain other artists. Like I'm picturing story arcs and character sketches and things like that. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Uh, so, so I guess I'll, I'll say I work from home, so I'm at a computer a lot. So I, that's kind of where a lot of my, uh, uh, story, story arc storyboard kind of stuff happens where I just like open up a, like a document, you know, on one screen and the other screen I've got work. And if it's slow, I, you know, and if I'm in like kind of a, uh, imaginative mood, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of open up a document and start, start there with like, almost like, like you said, like, it's almost like pre lyrics. Like I'm just coming up with ideas <laughs> and like characters and then, I kind of try to pick from that and, and, uh, you know, turn it into, you know, vocal, you know, lyrics that could fit vocal rhythms and things like that. Okay, man. Um, now I got to confess, I have, uh, I have a few of my old dungeons. I have like, um, what is it? I, I have a monstrous manual and a player's handbook, yeah. uh, old nice. books that I keep on my shelf. Cause they were too dog eared and kind of ripped up from back in the day to even try to try oh, to yeah. trade in used or anything. And I kind of use <laughs> them and I keep them around as references every once in a while when I'm trying to think of lyrics or maybe an art yeah. design or just, you know, kicker. Do you keep anything on hand that you, that you look of look at in that way, like reference material? Oh man, yeah, no, no, no doubt. I definitely do. Um, uh, although I guess more, more in my case, uh, lately, or, or we'll say the past few years, uh, just online, like online references. Um, or I guess like especially in Salomok's case, um, like online magic card databases that are very in depth. Uh, like in terms of the uh, search function, like mm -hmm. if I'm trying to search search for anything, like any little thing, like an art or, or a card that depicts. Uh, a goblin with a sword you know or like whatever things like that um that's sort of what i uh, i guess i'll, I'll shout it out scryfall.com it's amazing magic uh the gathering resource so i i used that a lot in a salamoth kind of uh inspiration and like kind of yeah reference reference material interesting i love that dude see i i really like yeah. when people get um in depth with their lyrics and there's something behind the scenes for for people there um, and, yeah. and just for the <laughs> listeners, if they want to explore this, if they go to your band camp, which again, that would be, uh, L I L A N G I S L A dot bandcamp com, And most of the mm -hmm. descriptions for these projects, there's some, there's some that go on and on. And so people are yes. basically reading a short story <laughs> about what this it's album like, yeah. represents, yes, uh, you sir. know, which is, uh, yeah. Which is which is like I'm you know that's that that's what I'm trying to convey to the listeners who are unfamiliar you know um, here. So obviously you know it seems just just looking at the dates of some of your output, it seems like the last two or three years when everybody was a little cooped up, you took advantage mm -hmm. of that time to record more output, right? Big time, yeah. I would say that that definitely uh, took up uh, a lot of my time for sure. Are you are you seeing that as like a? Um, a you have you reconfigured your time to where that's that's going to continue you think or do you see yourself maybe like funneling it down in in the future now or um i would say it it will slow down a little bit in, in 2023 um but probably not by a whole lot i i really can't quantify it but you know i i would say i'm still gonna be uh in a, in a pretty kind of busy creative mode uh at least in the near future i'd say Okay, and um, obviously this might be a hard one 
to to yeah. to coordinate or to to pull off. But have you ever considered performing live? And I'll just add this: maybe not even in your typical underground music forum, but maybe at some sort of gaming convention or something. Oh, oh man! I you know I think that'd be pretty sweet. Um, it would be tough to to coordinate that uh, just due to like trying to find session members um, and then like the time away from work. Uh, Cause like usually, or I guess like what, what I do for work is like, sometimes I have to be uh, not necessarily on call, but like pretty available. Mm. So, so my work stuff is in the same room as my, my studio room. So I'm like, I'll like interchangeably if it's, if works very slow, I'm making music, but if works, you know, happen, I got to be right there. Got so I, I don't know for I can't say for certain, um, but, I, you know, I I would like to at some point uh, in a gaming convention that would that would be pretty, pretty awesome. Well, like I said, I definitely see that crossover potential, especially with things like uh, Gone Mage. Um, yeah. And that, that being said, are you still recording and producing other bands and other artists? So I, I actually am not. Um, I did stop that uh, last year um, uh, just due to like uh, time, time, really. I wanted to devote more time to to writing and recording like my own mm-hmm. um, music. Um, I, now, I will say that I, I still am available to uh, master, you know, someone else's recordings, um, but probably not re- like recording itself or mixing just just due to the time it takes um but yeah yeah it's really kind of just uh relegated down to mastering um you know maybe slight editing if, if needed okay fair enough man um yeah it sounds like yeah. you got enough on your hands dude uh with, with <laughs> yeah. all these different projects and like i said there's so much to get into here we didn't even really touch yeah. on there's also a project um which has three releases all this year Homeskin. Yeah. Um, oh man, there, there's actually there's a lot more. Um, all all this year. Um, I think there there's like uh, gosh, six full lengths this year, and then uh, a couple or one EP, and then like four, no, five splits this year. Now I will say one of those full lengths is a one minute grind LP. Now obviously no one in the world, <laughs> no one else in the world is going to consider that an LP, but <laughs> creatively I did. Uh, it was more of a challenge, um, but yeah, uh, uh, that that has definitely been a very uh, busy project of mine this year. All right, for grind, I, I would say one minute. There's no limit how, how <laughs> short you can get on LP. Man, that works. Right, right. Um, my my one of my other bands. I uh, I was in a band, Buckshot Facelift. We did our first album is 20 songs in 17 minutes. So hell yeah, yeah hey, it, that yeah, all about it, all about it. If you got a dream, you could do it. Um, well. Homeskin is the one that's described as a is it as a daytime version of yes. Gone Mage? What does that mean? So okay, so I know a lot of people have asked me that or or they've wondered that. Um so I guess I'll preface it with that you know, Gone Mage is very um you know video game based because it's a it's, its own extension from the phase out thing from from Carnair. So it, it's almost like a gone mage exists at night like in your dreams like or in or or perhaps in nightmares because uh, some of that is uh some of the lyrical material um uh, but home skin is just like droll like it, the 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 lyrical content is just like almost mundane a lot of the times so are like short stories little um 
like daily mundanities that happen, um, even just like in the neighborhood or like things that happen at home, like it's it's almost um, nondescript. So it's like a completely opposite, no, no real like fantasy video game ties at all. Um, but it, I, I guess the reason why I consider it a counterpart to Gone Mage is because of how opposite it is from that project. So I, I consider it the daytime version of it. God. Okay. And the the most recent <laughs> release is the split with Hypomanic Skin um yes. from 2022. Again, all this is current stuff people could check out. L I L A N G I S L A dot bandcamp dot com. Um mm-hmm. and uh I, I appreciate you've been very generous with your time, man. We don't want we want to be respectful yeah. of your time. So we're gonna go kind of now to this lightning round of the podcast, and then after that you'll have sure. the opportunity to plug and promote anything else that you want to say but um we usually ask the the guests to recommend one older and one newer piece of music whether it's a demo ep album metal or otherwise um no no specific tie downs just something from back in the day a little bit and something uh more recent that you enjoy that you could recommend to us oh okay okay that's a oh man that's great um let's see uh okay so an older one it's not necessarily way back in the day but it it's old compared to now um yeah. so it's an album and i'm not sure if i'm even going to be pronouncing it right but it's one of my favorite albums called licked Lärm. uh i believe it's german by this uh, ger- uh a german band called alpinist or alpinist um they were like a really sick like dark hardcore almost kind of crusty sometimes grindy but not really full on they, they they had blast beats but but they're they're more like a dark hardcore band almost like a heavier version of like cursed um god that the album licked Lamb. highly uh, uh recommend that album um it's ferocious it's like a half hour of power just intense um every song is pretty blistering a uh, couple couple doomy passages moments to break it up a bit but mostly uh relentless um, so that's kind of an older one. I, I think it's from, if I remember correctly, 2010 or 11. Um, I know th- they had a reissue of it on Southern Lord, uh, like a year after that or so. But you know, by, by today's standards, it's an old one. Uh, ten, ten plus years. I um, I great band. I had the pleasure of seeing them live. Um, oh shit, man! A, a, I wish I did a while ago. I mean, this is going back maybe five. It's hard to even remember. It's one of those. One, <laughs> I, I think it was like five or six years ago, and I want to say it might have been in Baltimore. Um, Ooh, at the at the, okay, at the okay. sidebar, it was very. It was a random man. night. Yeah, I think one of my bands might have opened up. Man, it was a very random night at the sidebar in Baltimore. But yeah, great band, real amazing live band. Um, man, I can imagine. Yeah, that wow, that's okay. That's a really cool recommendation, man. Definitely something good for the listeners there. Hell yeah. Um, hell yeah. Uh let's see. I'm trying to think of a newer album. Let's see. Or or, or EP. Um hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Let's see. I'm trying to think of things like from this year, uh, especially. Let's see. Um, uh, it's a lot of good stuff lately. Let's see, man. Um, I would say, okay, okay. So there was this band um, called Anna Sage. Um, two, uh, two, two words, or I guess I can. Uh, I don't know if they named their band after someone's name or anything, uh, but they had an album this this year. 
uh, a self-titled. So Anna Stage is really good, kind of sludgy, almost like a, similar uh, to Alpinist, kind of uh, a sludgy hardcore, a, l- a little bit of like the um, kind of er- late 90s, early 2000s screamo uh, kind of sound into it. A um, lot of lot of kind of blast beats interchangeable with a little bit of the D-beat action. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, Anna Sage. Love that album. Okay, man, two cool recommendations. And I got to, like I said, I got to throw in a little bit of a lightning round with you, just specifically with some of the ground we covered in this interview. Maybe could you recommend um, a little bit of an off-the-beaten-path video game and an off-the-beaten-path tabletop RPG? Just just something if the listeners want to read about something or check something out with some lore. I don't know. Oh, man. Okay, okay. Let's see. Um video game let's see i'll have to throw in this game that it, it's it's uh i think like two years old now but it's called omori uh o-m-o-r-i and you can get it on steam i think it is available on consoles now um but i i, I had only played it on steam uh, it's a really cool RPG very uh, inspired by like Earthbound, like it's it's almost like heavily lifted from Earthbound, but with its own story. It's kind of it's a little dark. It's almost a little cutesy even, uh, but it's it's kind of bizarre. I don't even know how to describe it. Like you, I almost don't want to describe it fully because uh, it it might (laughs) might ruin the charm of the game. But it's a it's a cool game. Uh, I was uh, uh, surprised by how uh, I guess like different it was than what I thought. Uh, so that's Omori. Um, now, tabletop game. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, there was some cool one that I came across. Uh, I think it was last year. Um, man, my friend just told me about, or told me again about it. Um, trying to think of the name. It 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 was it had like some cool um, like uh, I guess they're mice, like mice warriors uh, kind of deal. Um, I can remember that name. Let's see. I think it was. Uh, oh no 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 no. Okay no. It was sorry. It was a different game. It's called Errant. E R R A N T. It's like a basically a fantasy role playing game. Um, so what's interesting about this game is you start out with nothing. Like you have no. Uh, you have no job. You have no no friends. No family. No home. Even. And no real like uh, potential. You're kind of just lost in civilization. But there's there's monsters, there's magic, there's like ancient ruins kind of stuff. Um, uh, I'll I'll leave it at that because it, it can it can go to so many different places depending on how you play uh, the tabletop. That's pretty cool. Awesome, errands. Okay, man. Because yeah, I mean, even yeah. if I don't play these games, sometimes I just like to yeah. read about them. And you can nowadays you can go yeah. on like Wikipedia or wherever and read the lore. And it's it's it, there's there's something to it, man. I, I think that kind of like there's a uh, yeah. parallel there to what you're doing with your stuff, man. So, um, Thanks. yeah, yeah of, of course, man. Gary Brents, we really appreciate your time. Um, obviously a very prolific artist with so much to go through. Like we said before, it's L I L A N G I S L A dot bandcamp.com. Would you say Bandcamp um is probably the, the best platform, maybe the most important platform for you in your projects? Yes, I would say without a doubt. Um, you know, because it's just so easy and, and um um 
you know, pr pretty easy laid out to kind of put everything on there. Um, you know, you know, especially like you mentioned before, like putting lore and, and like kind of short stories in the description, Every, everything's there. So yeah, definitely, definitely hold uh, Bandcamp in high importance. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the best way to support artists too, man. Just in in um yeah. a lot of ways, just you know the, the the financially and the the ease of selling merch and all that sort of thing. So, um, we urge our listeners to check you out there or wherever they can, man. And um, we wish you yeah. the best of luck in the future. I thank you so much for your time. Uh, any parting words for fans of your? I'll say your your creative multiverse uh, and li <laughs> listeners of our podcast um man i guess first of all you know thank thank you for having me and then thank to thank you to all my fans who've uh supported me along the way and in, in however however ways they've supported me and in, in, you know all these various projects um i guess like some uh nuggets of info for for uh for the year of 2023 i've got you know two final home skin uh full lengths that i will be doing for that project um likely the next gone mage album will be in late 2023 and i will say that uh musically it sounds similar more similar to the master of the uh, discuss ep uh more death metal focused wow. uh, but still with the video game stuff um and then i've got a couple other things cooking as well um but i'll i'll leave it at that you know there we'll just say there's there's some things coming for 2023 Okay, man. Keep him busy as always, man. Thank you for your time, Gary, man. We wish you the best in the future. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, man. Thanks for having me. Ready to get into the recommendations? Yeah. So my big shout to Gary Brents. We appreciate that man's time talking about all of his projects and the um the lore that they're in. He he has like a lot of uh deep like lore for one project that'll kind of like go into another. It, it's crazy, man. People really got to look. I tried to do my best to explain it. Um, but as we shift gears, Dave, um. You uh, you talked about me coming over with a six-pack of beer and a couple of death metal records. In the spirit of that, let's get into some recommendations because we got two barn burners tonight, and we got one old and one new, just like I always ask the, uh, the, list, the, the, the guests for. Yeah, trying to spread it out. Uh, so the, the release that I, I brought in is uh, a band called Nefarion mm. from Jacksonville, Florida, they're uh that they put out a a uh i guess it's a demo cassette or like it maybe a full length it's like it's eight songs so like i'm not really sure what it qualifies as but the the release is called self-immolation for demonic positioning positioning and uh, it came out in 1996 and a good mix of deicide and like early like trading pieces uh gradually melted era deeds of flesh mm a lot of like Florida death metal yes. stuff in there. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, it's funny. You mentioned like the eight songs, like, is it a demo? It's gotten official. Like there, I think there was a lot of that 
in the 90s maybe more of bands kind of like recording what basically could be a full album um and kind of that's that releasing that as a demo you know like that that i think that was an old-fashioned old-school yeah. mentality of doing things man but we like, had, a, like a self-released album basically pretty much that's because a lot of these old-school demos from the 90s that you come across they'll have like like you said you know a full side a and side b they'll have you know it, it could be an album maybe the only difference is the production i think that's the bone of contention between um Mike Browning, when we had him on of Nocturnus, when he was talking about the Morbid Angel album, Abominations of Desolation, uh, was it a demo or was it their first album? You know, there's, there's, I guess, been some debate over the years within the um, the guys who performed on that. But, um, that yeah, that type of thing. But moving on, um, those great independent albums from the 90s, this is one. And what's funny is I remember a friend of mine getting this in the mail who did a zine in the 90s. And a couple of us, um, I don't even remember listening to it, but I remember two two of my older death metal friends making fun of this. Uh, they, they, you know, I guess they at the time in the 90s when we were all teenagers didn't like it. I, I enjoyed the opportunity today to listen back to this and form my own opinion um, now as a, as a grown man steeped in the, the uh, culture of death metal. And it was, you're right, there's a lot of deicide, cannibal corpse kind of 90s thing going on there. It's very meat and potatoes, death metal of the 90s. Um, I wouldn't say it's like standout exceptional, but it's it's good. And the drumming for the time too, I really enjoyed the recording. It's, it's, it's a raw production production in a way but it's also it's mixed in an interesting way the the mix if you listen to the mix there's certain things that kind of it's almost as if somebody was adjusting levels in real time maybe yeah like sort of like like live mixing it while it uh while they were playing kind of yeah or yeah while they were mixing it i don't know because there was just certain the way certain cymbals hit the way certain guitars uh, layers of guitars mix and like it's not a it's not a bad thing like it doesn't sound disjointed it's just like an interesting kind of organic like live mix uh live flowing mix between the drums and the guitars and the drums are like you could tell it's a live recording like it sounds like what today what we might enjoy from a band that doesn't necessarily use triggers or, or anything like that and is and, and has a live album or one of these studio live sessions that you see on YouTube. Like, the drums just sound live and in the room, I think would be the term. Um, it sounds like you're in the room with the drummer there and some of the some of the little more accent cymbals are mixed in in an interesting way. It, like I said, the mix is not bad. It's just kind of unique. Um and uh, beyond that, the, the the one element that I think about that kind of, like I said, it's competent death metal. It's I don't know that it sets itself apart so much from Deicide and Cannibal Corpse of the 90s, Deicide and Cannibal Corpse that you would have had at this era. Uh, but it's competent and com- competitive for that sound. You mentioned uh, Trading Pieces, Deeds of Flesh. Uh, that's a fair comparison. The, there are some guitar elements here. When the, when the guy starts doing his lead guitars and his more harmonic uh, layered guitar parts there's some things there that maybe would bring to mind more of your morbid angel where it's like they're experimenting with what even counts as a guitar solo you know these kind of like you know science science fiction sounding noises at times to affect the music so it's this is absolutely worth a listen i think a lot of our listeners would get a kick out of this um because it's it's not brutal death metal like bdm like the subgenre now 
What you know, it's but it's brutal death metal. Like it's it's death metal in the '90s that was brutal. It had evolved beyond the thrash metal roots into like what we consider death metal proper with the blasting drums and the, you know, like like you say, this is definitely worth a shot for everybody who's who's kind of digging that style up now. And it's it's through and through Florida, I would say too, in in that regard. Yeah, it's it's kind of I was I was looking up the members on a here we go I know yeah a, I know where you're going this on Metallum yeah and it's just kind of a bummer that nobody else in the band seemed to really do anything there was what was it the guitar player <laughs> is, is is currently in a band called Maylene and the Sons of Disaster yes but Lord, Lord knows what that is I don't know but come on hit them hit the listeners with this what was the big band oh, sh- she, he was in Shinedown and yeah. uh, and Fuel. <laughs> no, I've heard those names, but I don't, I'm not sure I've ever actually heard the uh, heard the music. Well, That's like Fuel. Apparently, he was just like maybe a fill in or something because he's only listed as being in the band for a year. So maybe that was a gig. Shinedown. It turns out he's like an OG member who was in the band for years. I don't know what that is. I have heard the name in passing. I looked them up. They did a cover of Simple Kind of Man that I always assumed was Five Finger Death Punch when I when I had heard it on the radio because I don't I don't know about that genre like the genre of music that that is. The, so it's it's sort of like early two thousands, kind of like like maybe not like maybe not quite new metal, but like radio rock new metal kind of. Not even new stuff. metal. It's like that kind of like alternative uh, metal. Yeah, like this, like this, like like when you took. When you when you rang out grunge into like Creed and then rang that out into the early two thousands, gotcha. Like yeah, really, yeah, like yeah. Everybody kind of sound all the singers all kind of sound vaguely uh, like Eddie Vedder. Uh, kind of like I think they were, but also they like I think it was a, a more of a southern culture twist on that. Like so, I, I think I, I imagine Shine Down was probably a bigger band culturally down south in the United States. I don't know that here in Long Island we would have got all the subtleties um of that band's catalog. But I, I I'm sure it's very complex, whatever it is. It is interesting to know that like uh, one of the members of Nefarion helped build the Shine Down monolith. Yeah, that, that yeah. dominates uh, the music industry. I hope I, he's living uh, high on that um, on the royalties from those Shinedown albums. I did. Well, you know what, man? I do the research. I metal 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 archives. Shout to them all day. Sent me down the wormhole with that one. And I looked. Um, I looked on that guy. What's we should give the guy at least. What's his name? The guy from the Farion who's now in uh, Jason Todd. Thank you, Jason uh, spelled J A S I N, like J Sin. Yeah. Isn't that clever? Isn't that one of the Robins in Batman lore? Jason Todd. That's what he does now. That's so whack. It's maybe he should get I'm back not... to he should get back to fighting crime. Um, but yes, yeah, I, I I clicked on his Instagram, um, and I noticed he listed his new his current band, whatever that was, and he lists himself as Shine Down OG. He didn't put Nefarion in his Instagram credits and it's about me. I I I'm a little um upset about that. You know, I would just have to assume that he he understands like the the gravity <laughs> of being in that band, and he's just like, you know what, um, I'm old now. It's like 20 years gone. Like I've been playing like radio rock and southern fried whatever kind of music, and it's like I I know that I just can't hang with it anymore. It's like it's too brutal for me. Yeah, like you know, I, like I, 
I got this cowboy hat that I have to wear all the time now because I'm in a southern band. It's like I can't I can't hang with it. So I'm just it's better to be a it's a it's a skeleton in my closet. That's all it is. Yes. You know, speaking of skeletons in my closet, I'm going to admit this on the podcast for the first time to the listeners of the I'm going to call it John Deere Alterna Rock, that subgenre. <laughs> John Deere. And I have driven a John Deere. I've operated John Deere's. I, wear, I don't think I ever have actually. I've worked on a farm. It's like I'm so I'm not knocking anyone. But yeah, it's John Deere Alterna Rock of the early two. Three Doors Down. In my opinion, they've they've had some songs that aren't that bad. Some of their hits, they 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 took you there. They that, they they wrote a good rock song. Were they the ones that did that Superman song? Yeah, they they knew how to write right. a good pop rock yeah. song. Okay, a decent song. I liked it. I'm not comparing them to Flo Monier and um, you know Luke Lemay. All right, but I'm you know the the greats or but you know they knew how to write a pop rock song. All right, you, you know, know they bands like that they kept the the button down uh, mechanic shirts industry and business <laughs> in the late 90s and early 2000s and i mean someone had to do it so shout out to them. them yeah it's an american yeah. industry man yeah american mm-hmm. made like bowling shirts and mechanic shirts I, I get it man yeah god bless you guys man you really are you're, you're the real american heroes three doors down i'm still not altogether convinced that that band wasn't just formed to, as like a, a pr campaign for the um the war in Iraq. I don't, but we'll we'll get it to a, a different day. Like that was, that was like a military recruitment band, pretty much. I, I, I always I always kind of wondered like that like bands that that sound like that like that real like radio rock kind of thing. Like yeah, who wakes up in the morning and is just like, I want to play that kind of music. That's what I want to do. Is like it's really. You know, <laughs> more not- people more people than wake up and want to play death metal <laughs> yeah fair enough all right that's how guitar center stays in business bro people who listen to three doors down and are like yo i gotta get back on the drum kit <laughs> oh man i don't know how we got here man but i love it man um shout out to our armed forces man thank you for for your service as we as we blessed uh former shinedown member and possibly Robin of the Batman Lord, Jason Todd's uh, original death metal band from 96, Nefarion. <laughs> Tom, Tom, bring us in here, man. I don't know how we got here. Get us out of here, bro. Yeah, the Nefarian demo was great, man. Jeez. All right. I got something here now, a little bit more current, um, a little bit international from Poland. Uh, I want to talk about the band Toughness. Um, it just appeared on my uh, my YouTube algorithm one day, which is the truth. Um, and I listened to their new album from 2022 on Gods of War Productions, The Prophetic Dawn. Now, when you hear a band is named Toughness, um, you, you like you're thinking maybe hardcore, maybe like death, maybe, maybe some sort of take on. Like I, I was not really prepared for what this did to me. The interesting cover art 
kind of um, like hinted to me at where we might be going, but I had no idea. Uh, it, it threw me for a loop. It, it's beautiful, amazing, original death metal. It's unique. Um, I don't like doing albums of the year and top tens of the year because I don't listen to every single album that comes out. I listen to a fair amount of shit because of this podcast, but there are tons of albums from 2022 that were big that I will probably get around to listening to in 2023. However, I will nominate this as my album of the year for 2022 of the stuff I heard. There's just... This did something for me that not every death metal album or or not every music recording does for me. This is something I immediately wanted to buy on physical format. I'm still looking that up, um, seeing if I can get it domestically. But yeah, Dave, I'll let you take over because I don't want to spoil this by over-talking it, but it was quite an experience discovering this band and sharing it with a few of my friends, including you, Dave. Yeah, I, I have to thank you for introducing me to these guys because it's really, like, it was a wild ride listening to to uh the album and it's not you know it, it's not like bizarre like uh like mr bungle kind of shit where it's like just all crazy and like everything's super original but like it was just it was very good solid death metal and uh you know they just they kept it interesting the whole way through which you know always helps but uh, i was sort of like and i wonder if you'll agree with me on this they they have like a sort of like a, a finish vibe in a lot of their uh I guess the slower parts. And then mm-hmm. I, I was feeling some like deranged when it got to the faster parts. Do you, do you have uh, any, any opinion on that? I was like, I, I feel like deranged is, is a weird thing for me to, to, to bring up. Cause I, I very, I don't listen to deranged very much, but like, that was like when I was listening to the fast parts, I was kind of like, this kind of feels like this kind of like, it, that was the first thing that jumped in my head. I, I could see how you get there with that kind of like um, mechanical stiffness. Yeah. Uh, but I, not, not that that occurred to me while I was listening to it. What, what I heard, and I, I want to be careful how I word this because nowadays there's a lot of great bands, interesting bands um, inspired by Demolich. Uh, I was a member of a rip, mediocre ripoff band inspired by Biolich once upon a time. Um, that turned into kind of an experimental metalcore band by the time anybody heard of us. Um, Biolich, Bio uh, rest in peace to that band. But um, now so it, mediocre. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just making the point. Nowadays, there's a lot of people really taking that like for it. And I've talked about a Phobophilic, um, their most recent album when I when I interviewed their drummer Vinny that we talked about. Uh, and of course, Blood Incantation, as everybody knows, who I do give props to. Uh, they're so big and such a big name that they kind of become a meme sometimes to some people in their imagination. But I do I do give them the, the credit they deserve as artists and as hardworking musicians. That Demolich sound, um, that Finnish sound, and more importantly, that, that specifically Demolich sound has prevailed in the last several years in a lot of newer and up-and-coming bands. Um, and the listener can always be the judge of, of whether they like it or not. There's times I hear it and I'm just kind of like, eh. You know, I don't know if I like it mixed in with everything else and whatever. Maybe it was better when I was 15 and it was a secret. I don't know. But um, it depends uh, on your mood. Yeah, like it, it, else. it really does. It depends on, how, on if I just woke up or not. But um, this band just does something kind of different with it. I feel like they take some of the Demolich um, vibe, some of maybe Demolich's tricks and slow it down and do a doom take on some of that Demolich stuff which was interesting to hear man and they do so much more in addition to that too yeah i I really um 
I enjoyed the 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 bass player it was really out front, like a lot of a lot of noodly bass, and you know, it's like really up there in the mix, which is for that style of music. I'd say it's kind of refreshing. It's not um, it's not just like I don't know distorted bass like back in the mix or something like that. But it was like you know, nice a nice melodic element in addition to the guitars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just. A really brilliant death metal album. You know, this is one of those things. I recommend a lot of stuff on this podcast, and I say I love stuff all the time, and I'm not, I'm not making it up. I do love um, a lot of death metal, a lot of albums, but this is one of those kind of standalone things. Um, yeah. This is one of those things that I feel I will I will be listening to for, for you know, some time to come and kind of discovering new things about it. Uh, right off the bat, I would say this deserves to be compared to the greats like Demolich or like Cryptopsy's None So Vile or something. Not that it necessarily sounds like that, but it uh, the way it affected me, um, the the way it affected the death metal fan, the, the teenage death metal fan inside of me. You know, the the way the way it kind of energized my enthusiasm. The first thing I did was share it with like six of my friends who I thought would like it. I don't always just immediately text friends of mine after listening to a new band you know so i was gonna say like, i can't remember the last time you've done that so i mean like when you did that i was kind of like fuck huh. I, guess, I guess i should check it out yeah well normally i'll write it down in my notebook and i'll save it for the podcast you know yeah. but this was something where i was like oh i gotta tell like it was like news it was like i, I gotta tell somebody you know what i mean like like i gotta send a signal you know what i mean like in the lord of the rings where they light the fire on the yeah. mountain and then a mile away the next guy lights the fire like i had to do that man that's the you the know. YouTube algorithm is good for something, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. All I'll say is that this really um, it revitalized um, my uh, my my passion for recommending death metal. Um, which you know you can't blame me if it, if it, if it, if it's become slightly tedious over the years doing this podcast because we always want to make sure we bring you guys good quality content and we bring it to you every Friday in a timely fashion. Um, so you know, I do do the, the do my due diligence and my research and look for stuff that I can. I don't just you know go eeny meeny miny mo and pick a new album or a new demo. So um, this kind of like is like yeah, this is why I do this, man. I was so happy to be kind of like onto this and maybe a little ahead of the curve from some of my friends, so I could say, see, I I, I got this, man. But um, yeah, toughness from Poland. I'm I'm not, I'm not going to talk it to death, Dave. I thank you for um for backing me up on that. Any any uh, parting thoughts? When uh, when you find out uh, where to get the the physical release, let me know because I definitely would uh, like to add this to my collection. Yeah, like I said, I'm scanning the domestic um, distributors and, and so forth, man. But um, if I end up ordering an uh, ordering an international copy or something, I will definitely grab you one. Um, and again, this is one that immediately, if I see it released on on vinyl, I'm gonna have to drop some dollars for that, man. Really cool toughness from Poland, the prophetic dawn. And I also, just for the listeners, if you want to do your research like I am, I've never heard of the band Conveyor from Poland, but the bass player and the guitarist slash vocalist of Toughness from Poland uh, both started out in that band. So that's something to look for. Conveyor from Poland. If you, if you listen to this and you go, wow, Will's right. If you listen to this and you go, wow, Will's wrong. Sorry, you know, <laughs> no, no accounting for taste. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to ask uh, my good man, Tom, please check this out, too, bro. You're going to like this uh, toughness from Poland with the prophetic dawn.
Thank you, Tom. And shout as always to Justin. Um, that, yeah, that toughness from Poland is banging stuff, man. Give that a shot. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Shout to Gary Brents for giving us his time talking about all his projects and the lore therein. Um, that's a world to get into. Uh, shout, of course, to Justin FishGoodNY, uh, at FishGoodNY on Instagram. Justin of our podcast team. In case, just because just you don't hear his voice on the podcast, he does the graphic design that you see week to week on Instagram and on other platforms um, and is always helping out behind the scenes and is part of our behind the scenes production team. Fish at FishGoodNY is his company now where he's making fishing lures and apparel. Um, so we are still, uh, we're still in the fishing game. Um, the team, we still, we still have a, a, a member that's, uh, out on, out on, not out on the streets, out on the beach, I should say, actually. Um, I'm going to get into fishing next year. That's like the one thing I like, whatever you guys talk about it. And I'm like, fuck, I gotta try fishing. I haven't done that since I was a kid. We have toyed with the idea of doing like a, like actually going to the beach or going out on the boat and recording a podcast or doing some video footage for, um, Patreon or something like that for a long time now, but we've had, it's been a long few years, um, you know, with everything getting crazy all over the, over, you know, the whole entire world with the pandemic. And then of course, Tom and Justin, congratulations to them getting married. And it's just been a wild ride the last few years. So I would love to schedule some time where the whole, the whole podcast team, maybe we can invite some of the other guys, uh, can get together and do something like that. That would be awesome. And some other people have expressed interest in, um, going fishing since we, uh, since we talked it up on the podcast so much. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, hopefully, man. Um, so well, some, in the meantime, some other coming up, some other stuff coming up. Cause right now it's like, you can go fishing in this weather, but it's hardcore in the winter. Justin does that. Um, just I- ice fishing. Yeah. Probably, right? <laughs> I I don't know. You can go out there in the, in the surf, man. You just got to have your, have, hey, you got to have your winter gear on, man. I, I wait for the nice weather to me. It's like a summer activity, but, um, uh, we got, like I said, February 10th at the old St. Vitus Bar, Thanafaxith, Har- uh, Horrendous, and Reeking Aura. Um, uh, those two bands, Thanafaxith and Horrendous, making uh, rare live appearances, as I understand. Very uh, happy to be um, part of the occasion. February the 21st, we got Coronary Thrombosis uh, with their revitalized lineup. Um, Torturous Inception with their revitalized lineup. Exsanguinated, um, a band that I am part of, with Vomit Forth and Internal Bleeding. Um, out there in Brooklyn, man. People need to check that out, man. It's a Tuesday night. Please come out early and support. Um, beyond that, uh, any other... Dave, you got anything coming up you, you know about? any? You know, there's a couple of shows that are not anytime soon, so like I, I can tell you next time, but I was... Uh, I had like a, like a couple of shows in my head that I meant to to write down, and I just forgot to do it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, everybody, if I'm not back on the show uh, in the next month, you might miss these shows, but hopefully, uh, you know, promoters do their jobs and you find out about them. Well, you know what? Even if they don't, um, big shout out to Matt from uh, NYC Metal Scene, um, the website. You can go check out nycmetalscene.com. Look for him. He's always listing all the shows. If you're in the New York area uh, or even nowadays, like the New England, New York, East Coast, he lists shows from all over the place if you're looking for something to do, man. So big shout out to him. Um, we definitely, uh, appreciate his service. NYC, Met- uh, NYC If I got that correct. Um, and just quickly that, uh, that show I was talking about before the, um, uh, internal bleeding vomit fourth, uh, coronary thrombosis, torturous inception and exsanguinated. Um, that's going to be at, I have to edit this. Sorry, Tom. Let me look this up. 
is it at Kingsland or something like that? It's like a lot of shows are there. Oh fuck. Hold on. I'll go I'll get it in one second. No, it's not. I would have remembered it. It's at some other place. There's a lot of new venues in, in Brooklyn in the last like five years. I feel like none of the places that used to be around are around and it's all new uh new spots. Is it Brooklyn Steel, uh TVI? Uh it's at that show, um, that internal bleeding, vomit forth, uh, coronary thrombosis, torturous inception, and exsanguinated show uh, is going to be at The Meadows in Brooklyn, New York, February the 21st. Get there early. Um, exsanguinated, obviously, uh, a band I've got with members of Stabbed. Um, big shout out to those guys, man. Um, we got the two-song demo out and all that sort of thing. We're try- I'm trying to come at you guys from every angle this year, man. We're booking stuff behind the scenes I can't talk about. Uh, shout out to the other bands involved and the promoters and everybody, man. Um, there there are some new venues I've noticed in Brooklyn. Um, I've, I have I don't know that I've been to the Meadows yet. Looking forward to it. No, uh, nor have I. I've not been to any of the, uh, the, the new venues in Brooklyn. I don't even like going to St. Vitus anymore uh, just because I'm like an uh, old curmudgeon hmm. and just being around other people just pissing me off. But, um, wow. I feel good. like I need to good thing. You're not work. playing that show that, that we're playing at Vitus then like, like we were talking about before. Yeah. I'd be very mad about that. <laughs> Fuck. I gotta do this. I, you yeah. know what? I kind of know like, cause you will, I, I, you have like, 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 like I have the same problem, but like, a, like you have like a microcosm of it. Like I'm not down to not wanting to go out to regular shows yet. But they recently announced that hard. Did you see that Harbor Fest? That's kind of like taking the place of MDF this year. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what the deal was with that. Like, who's doing that? Because it's kind of it's it's odd that like the MDF guys are like we're not we're taking a break for a year, and there's like suddenly another fest. That's you like know, jumping right in. I don't know. I don't know that the MDF guys have anything to do with it. I'm not. I have no idea. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not insinuating that. I just it, but, I was like wondering. I was like, what's going on there? I would imagine it's become such a um like chamber of commerce thing for for the area just to have that MDF fest there every year that they probably wanted to have some sort of other music festival there. I'm sure there's other music promoters that saw the vacancy there. Um you know, it makes sense to me. Uh I don't I mean if MDF wanted to come back, I'm sure they wouldn't, you know, conflict nobody would try to book you know i I think i think there was probably a vacancy there and you know given the the world of booking and promoting all these on these metal even bands like napalm death and cannibal and so on that are on that like i would imagine that the mdf guys i don't know that they had something to do with it but i don't you know that it, it's it, it it seems like a, a an appropriate thing if they're not going to do their fest that somebody else is going to come in and and have something there you know it, i don't know that it's if 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 they tried to like do both uh, that would be weird but i couldn't see that happening you know it, i i think there's probably just a lot of people saw that if the mdf isn't going to happen there's going to be a vacancy and somebody's going to snatch it up one way or another you know yeah i think i, I did see that um MDF is coming back next year in 2024. And I think they're actually announcing bands soon for it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so- you, you, I, I, you make a good point. I, I feel like there's a certain uh, portion of the Baltimore uh, population. They're just used to a death metal festival happening in May. And, you know, some, some 
kind-hearted people were just like, you know what? We're not going to deprive the good people of Baltimore of a weekend of death metal and fucking drunk metalheads walking around the streets and shit. So we'll put something together. I think money had a lot more to do with it, but that's a very nice interpretation of what may or may not have happened. But yeah, I, I think people saw... I mean, there's people who have, for the last however many years, flown out and stayed at a hotel and party with their friends on that weekend at MDF. So if somebody saw that the, the, the opportunity is there, the audience is there. You know, at this point, there's probably bands that kind of factored into their weekend, their touring schedule. You know, I, I, it just makes sense to me, man. I mean, maybe, you know, I, I don't, again, I don't know the inner politics or inner workings of this sort of thing. But um, uh, that's something, What I, my original point was, um, that is a little bit more stripped down. It's a two-day fest. It's like all killer, no filler. It's just like, you know, uh, kind of straight to the point fest. Um, whereas MDF, what it, what it was, I mean, it's, it was like sprawling. Um, and much more underground. It was like much more of the, uh, the lesser known bands or the bands that like, don't, don't, which, the, don't, don't play the States or don't tour as much. They'd be booking them, which is great. So, of, uh, yeah. of course it's great for people like me because I'm in underground bands but like the whole point I'm getting at is that experience that big sprawling MDF experience is a little bit more taxing the older you get absolutely you know? yeah I definitely it's... the last time I went I remember needing to really kind of recover the next morning <laughs> after all the shows like there was a lot of a lot of Gatorade a lot of iced coffees and stretching and uh, cold showers to kind of you know prepare myself for the next day just being on your feet and walking around the city for like 10 hours or whatever the fuck and it's a lot man you know what i mean and um it, it watching bands all day it's kind of like ODing on your favorite thing at a certain point man but more power to them all i'm getting at is that it's something that's a lot easier for people in their 20s it was easier for me to do in my 20s and early 30s so um but i did see that i wish them the best of luck we look forward to mdf coming back and all that sort of thing um, it would go, that goes without saying, man, maybe we'll get, um, uh, Evan or Ryan or both of them on one day or something like that. We'll, we'll pry into this sort of thing a little bit more, man, or any other festival organizers. We, we talked to Dave Mickelson, uh, who did the Killtown death fest, um, of a few weeks ago. Shout out to him. That was actually one of, I think that was one of our most, I'm going to say, um, responded to interviews on social media man that that guy blew up our instagram when we the the listeners i should say who follow us on ig uh blew up our shit when we posted that man i don't think we've ever gotten that much of a response for a guest that we posted the episode on ig man so shout out to everybody for checking in man it's nice to nice when you guys remind us we got listeners um every once in a while and it's of course great that dave gave us his time we're going to continue bringing you quality uh guests the best we can um newer unheard of artists classic legendary artists and everything in between tonight of course was our first listener suggested or listener requested however you want to put it artist uh gary brents um who was requested as i said before by uh d um h armed forces uh d armed forces dh armed forces on social media we, we appreciate his input and um his insight uh bring it on man if you got people you want us to interview reach out to you could always shoot us a message shoot us an email on heavy hole podcast at gmail.com leave us a voicemail the number is in the description wherever you're listening to this uh and we will do our best there's a lot of people who don't respond a lot of people who decline 
politely at that even, uh, respectfully. But it happens, um, and we're not going to blow up their spot and say who that is. So sometimes you may not hear from the artist that you suggest, but please let us know who you want us to um, interview, and we'll try to get to everybody, man. And um, that being said, I think that's about it. You can follow us on the social medias. Leave us the voicemail, like I said, about that or any other topic. Uh, if you got something you got to get off your chest or recommend some new bands or you got something you don't like going on in the scene, let us know about it. Uh, the voicemail number is there on heavyholepodcast.com and in the description wherever you're reading this. Um, Dave, I appreciate your time tonight and your recommendation, man. Thank you. You got you single-handedly turned me into a Shinedown fan. You know, I, uh, I I feel really fulfilled knowing that uh, that I had that kind of effect on your life as a whole. It's the same way that like uh, like you know rescuing a dog that's been beaten and everything like that. Oof. You bring them into a nice warm house, show them love. It's like. I, I look at you, Will, and I'm just kind of like, you you need shine down in your life. That's the one thing that's missing. Yeah. And so that's why I slid it in the side door with this Nefarian recommendation. I know. It's like a, you go down the Nefarian wormhole and you think you're going to Florida death metal. You're actually going to a dog rehabilitation ranch in Florida and listening to John Deere Alterna Rock. Um, yep. Yeah. Cowboy hats for all. Yeah, you gotta walk. You know, I I I walked through that door. You know, I, when it comes to three doors down, I don't have three, but I I got one.